This is In the Word, On the Go, the podcast where we look at one verse from God's Word for 10 minutes of your day. Welcome to In the Word, On the Go. I'm Champ Thornton, your host. Whether you're listening by yourself or with a family, this podcast is here for you to spend 10 more minutes in God's Word while you go about your day. In each episode, I get to interview one person about a favorite verse from the Bible. And today I'm excited to welcome Adam Bailey. Adam is pastor of Christ Church in Gilbert, Arizona, which he planted in 2012. He earned his Master of Divinity degree from the Master Seminary and previously served on the pastoral staff of churches in California and Texas. He and his wife, Renee, live in Arizona with a son and two daughters, and I'm told he is an avid golfer. Should I ask about your golf score? The golf score is uh, not nearly to the level of my affection for the game of golf. So, <laughs> Good the for golf you. course is consistently winning, but thanks for having me on here today. <laughs> Adam, it is great to have you on. I've known you for quite a number of years. It's good to talk with you today. I am curious to know what verse you have for us. Yeah, I got for us Job chapter 23 and verse 10, where the scriptures say, but he knows the way that I take. When he has tried me, I shall come out as gold. Adam, let's start with the context. So we're in the book of Job, not always the most familiar. It's a long book with a lot of details. Can you give us some of the context of this verse as we start off? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I agree with you. In fact, every time that I have read through Job in my reading through the Bible, I have tended to bog down and start to scan in the middle in these chapters, because I know that at the end, there's a great conversation between God and Job. And I just want to get there. The beginning is super interesting yes. about how he got in this mess. Yep. The context here is that he's got three friends who are failing in their friendship uh, by speaking true things about God, but applying them in a very, very unhelpful way to Job's mm -hmm. suffering. Mm -hmm. So one of those friends, his name is Eliphaz. Eliphaz has just delivered his uh, friendly blows uh, to Job, accusing him and uh, calling him on the carpet. And Job comes back with this declaration that I think is so familiar to us. And, and this is why this verse is so significant to me, because in his context, Job is declaring that he can no longer sense what he knows to be true about God. Hmm. So in fact, in verse eight, if I can read that as well, it's Job yeah. says that he goes forward and God is not there and backward and he does not perceive God. And on the left hand where God is working, he does not behold him and he turns to the right hand, but I do not see him. And so Job's context here is the depth of his anguish, hmm. uh, the lowest point of his life. And though he has a theology that tells him that God is present and working, he cannot sense it. Hmm. So I grew up with this passage, uh, pulled a little bit out of its context and never significantly connected to his lack of sense of God's presence and his confidence that God is fully aware of Job's presence. He knows exactly where he is. So there's a contrast here between the verses before Job 23.10 and actually Job 23.10 itself. What is that contrast again? So Job is feeling on the one hand, well, how would you describe it? Yeah, I would say that Job is confident that God is present and that mm -hmm. God is near and that God is active, but he cannot sense it. So he uses words like, I cannot behold you. I cannot see you. I can't find you. Uh, and yet in the middle of that, he says, I know that you're working. And the assumption is, I know that you're there. I just can't see you. The fog of his suffering is so thick that he cannot see God in the midst of it. And the contrast is he is 
banking on, he is confident that God has clear sightline to him and he's functioning toward him with testing that will in the end prove the validity of Job's faith in God. That is fantastic. So I'm going to read the verse again. This is Job 23:10. I'm reading out of the Christian Standard Bible. It says, "Yet he knows the way that I have taken." In fact, let me read that again. "Yet" and that yet would be as you just told us, yet in spite of the fog that he's in, mm-hmm. yet he God knows the way I have taken. When he has tested me, I will emerge as pure gold. Mm. That's a great reminder, especially in the context that you pointed out to us. So what's the story here with you in this verse? I mean, you said you grew up with it. How has this verse become meaningful to you? Yeah, and most recently, I just came back to this passage uh, in the last couple of weeks, and particularly because of a pastoral circumstance that I'm facing with several close friends and spiritual family members who are literally in the fog of suffering and seeing the ache of their heart, seeing the despair in their eyes and knowing that they are clinging to truths, but they cannot sense them at the moment to be true. So there's these questions. It's, it's often in my mind, this is connected a lot to what David would do from the cave where he would cry out to God where are you? Why aren't you listening? Why aren't you answering? It has this same ethos to it. And as a pastor, I've been dealing with some people who are living through this and God has met me with this and encouraged me in a way that I can encourage them. Yeah, that is encouraging. So if we took this verse and we were writing it and we messed it up and we wrote it kind of upside down, what would we be tempted to say about life in the fog when we don't know mm-hmm. where God is up left, right, down to the side, what might we say? Yeah, I think in our, without the Holy Spirit's help and without the gospel transforming our eyes of faith, uh, giving us sight uh, to believe what we cannot see, I do, I do think that we would be tempted to think because we cannot sense him, therefore the conclusion is he is not there and he is not working and he is not working good and there will be no good conclusion. So uh, if you consider Romans 8, 28, and one of the most familiar coffee mug verses, uh, Hobby Lobby (laughs) verses, um, that God is working all things together for good, our conclusion without being able to sense and see it is that he is not there. And that is the wonder of Job's faith, is that he believes in spite of his fog and his inability to sense that God can clearly see him. And as long as God can clearly see Job, Job is confident because of his covenant that God will be working good and will prove the validity of Job's faith in the end. So as we think about not just how it applies to our lives, but how it connects to Jesus, how does this verse point us to Jesus? Yeah, I think the most easy connection that this verse brings to us when it comes to our relationship with Christ is the confidence we have that this verse is true. Hmm. So a lot of times we read in our Bible and we're reading in the middle of a story and we're trying to make those connections to our life and, and This one in particular, there's a level of confidence here that Job has in an old covenant without the Messiah having come, without the fullness of uh, the revelation through the Son of God in human flesh, our Savior and Messiah, that we have on this side of the cross, this side of the empty tomb. So when Job declares this, um, he has confidence that God is faithful and that he will work toward him in covenant and so much more for us through Christ. So that in Christ, we can be confident with an absolute surety 
that the father has eyes on us as adopted sons and daughters and that he is working toward us good, not because of our works, but because of the perfect righteousness of Christ that has been credited to our account. So it's a, it's a gospel confidence that I think is sure through Christ and it runs us to Christ. Why would we ever think God would have his eyes on us and be testing us through suffering to prove the validity of our faith in the end only because he has sent his son to stand in for us and to make us his sons and daughters. Mm, that's great. So Adam, thanks for being on the podcast today. Thank you for talking to us about Job 23.10 and then setting it in this context, which just really makes it come alive. So thank you so much for that. Could you just take a moment and pray this verse for all of us as we close? I'd love to. Heavenly Father, we delight that you are our Heavenly Father. And in that name and title for you, there is a wonder of grace. So as rebels against you, as enemies of your name, as those hostile in mind, you have loved us uh, with an everlasting love, and you have loved us with the provision of your son for us. So we come to you through Christ, and we ask that you would assure us that you would bring confidence through this portion of your word, that you are you are aware, you are eyes on the situation and that you are working and that you will prove the validity of the gospel in our lives. So God, I pray for those who are listening right now, that this passage would remind them of just how big and great and awesome and personal and kind and effective you are as our God. We ask for sustaining grace as we wait on you. Do your work and do the best things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to In the Word, On the Go. For more information about this podcast or to listen to past episodes, visit wordonthego.net.